Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I have to read you this. I'm going right back to your calls. I just, I just have to read this. This is so well written. And it is so angry. It is so well written. The election of Donald Trump to the presidency is nothing less than a tragedy for the American Republic, a tragedy for the Constitution, and a triumph for the forces at home and abroad of nativism, authoritarianism, misogyny, and racism. Trump's shocking victory, his ascension to the presidency, is a sickening event in the history of the United States and liberal democracy. On January 20, 2017, we'll bid farewell to the first African-American president, a man of integrity, dignity, and generous spirit, and witness the inauguration of a con who did little to spurn endorsement by forces of xenophobia and white supremacy. It is impossible to react to this moment with anything other than revulsion and profound anxiety. New Yorker magazine. Perry, back to Perry in, uh, in, in Oldford, Saskatchewan, and we're talking about... The, the, the upset among the, 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 the young, you know, they're, they're so distressed. They're, they're really so distressed. They're having cry-ins at universities. Perry, so you got a lecture at uh, last September. Was it October? Oh, I can't even remember when we had the election. The, the last year's Canadian election, you were, you, were, you were lectured by your kids. Yeah, yeah. So social engineering through our union government-run schools, they have our children, and never before, and I, and I had other parents saying, their kids come home, and their teachers were outright telling them how to vote and about politics, and they're supposed to be impartial. Uh, I, and so our government has our children, and the liberals are actually pray, they are pr- trying to prey on the weak and the vulnerable, and that's why our children are acting out the way they are. The liberal government, through the union's government schools, have really done a number on them. You notice I'm not interrupting you. Um, what did you say to your kids? I tried to explain to them, um, let's take the United States. Okay, Obama said it was terrible. He took over $1 trillion debt. Now it's $20 trillion, let's say. Maybe it's $19 trillion, but let's say it's $20 trillion. Okay, I, thir- I, thir- I really have about 30 seconds. So you, you, try to, you try to reason, right? Yeah, reason. Like, is that acceptable? How long, much longer can this go on? Then they go on a tangent for the environment, save the planet. Heck with the death. They don't understand what they're even talking about. Well, you know, in, in fairness, when I was in my late teens, maybe year two and early 20s, I didn't know that much. I thought I did, but I didn't. But the, I don't disagree with you that they've been, uh, a lot of the kids, a lot of the young people have been indoctrinated in the classroom by left-wing teachers. Yeah. So, so parents are voting for Trump. Comes the email. Kids are voting for Hillary. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Perry. You're a good dad. You let him live in your basement. Here yep. come the emails. All the best to you, Perry. Thank you, sir. I, I, you know, I sometimes say things because they need to be said. Why, what's wrong with Why won't you listen to your parents? Why wouldn't Perry's kids listen to, at least li- hear him out? All right. Is this Fred? This is Fareed. 
Hey, hey, Farid, how are you in Mississauga, right? Yes, Mississauga, and thank you for taking my call. I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, what you could classify as a millennial generation, and uh, you know I echo whatever that you have said. It's so, so, such a mess in universities right now. I can tell you one thing: that whatever you're saying right now on the radio, if you go in the university and say this, uh, you'll be banning universities uh, because you've hurt some people's feelings and that sort of stuff. And I agree with you that we cannot solve problems if we don't talk about it. So if I tried to go, if I tried to go up the steps into a university, yeah. and they knew that I was coming to the university to say what I've just said on the radio, they'd ban me. Well, they will ban you uh, if they feel. It's all about feelings, you know. It's all about if they feel that they are being threatened, you will not be allowed to enter some spaces. And I'll tell you what, at our university, there are spaces right now that are female only, and there are spaces right now that are black only. And last year, in my university, I won't name it because I don't want to shame the university, but there was two white uh, ladies that were kicked out of spaces because just because they were white. And, you know, it's, it's the mess that we have turned ourselves into because of this, you know, censorship of people. Like, for example, my views, I mean, I don't support Donald Trump. I, uh, I, I don't like him. But at the same time, I tell these kids, uh, these, my peers, that stop complaining. Stop sharing, you know, uh, images and uh, all that sort of stuff. Do something about it. Take some action, you know. And a lot of these kids feel that when they share a story that they're doing some sort of activism. Uh, that, that's really about it. It makes them feel good. And uh, I'll tell you, we're, we're in a world where it's all about feelings. It's uh, not about action anymore. It's about how people feel. You know, um, I w- I'm a child of the 60s, um, so school of the late 60s, and there was no Internet. There was no, um, there was no Twitter. There was no social media. If you wanted to protest, you had to get your, your put your shoes on and mm-hmm. go out there and do it in person you know, and if it rained, it rained. If it snowed, it snowed. If it was 95 degrees, it was 95 degrees. If you felt strongly enough about it, and there was a lot of activity, a lot of social activity taking place, uh, you went out and you did it. Um, so I just see, I see so much, and I hear what you're saying. I see, I see so much uh, discontent being uh, being nurtured on social media. It's like discontent gives gives rise to more discontent, gives rise to latent panic, gives rise to growing panic, and you can just watch you can watch the thread go from uh, a, sort of a modicum of worry to panic in, in about ten postings, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not overstating. So what? So how do I mean? How do you function in that environment? Well, the, the, to be honest with you, the way I the way I function, I think university students really. You have to. There's got to be a better way to give them proper critical thinking skills and critical education. You know, they don't read books anymore. Uh, books are old school. Uh, they go to social media. That's their education. And we have to change the social media environment. Uh, the second thing is, uh, you know, uh, like they're like what we're doing. What I'm doing right now is I, I like I've graduated. And I'm still getting pulled back from uh, for some of the views that I have. Uh, this is how bad it is. I'm a, I, I think of myself as a conservative, and I'm, they're still calling me back to you know debate with them and to uh, pull pull themselves back. And what I like to do is that we we, we really gotta in university have a have a, a you know a, a education system that tells you what justice is, how to uh, you know how to react with politics, how to react with the. Uh, uh, these things, if, you know, if, if, you, if the world doesn't meet your expectations, how do you react with that, right? Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of stress. You have to go through a lot of stress. You have to, you have to be aware of everybody's feelings. And you can't, you can't for example, like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a, uh, 
I'm not a uh, I'm not a female, but if I was to do any female work in university, if I was to uh, you know support feminism, uh, I'm not allowed to. I'm just plainly not allowed to. They don't they don't like men doing that. If I if I if I'm not black, but, but we I'm, but we have a prime minister who declares she's a feminist. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? Because I always thought, and I still think that universities were and certainly should be the places where you develop critical thinking and you engage in critical thinking and you assume that you, you can even do some role-playing and, and you, bec- you become the, the person or the organization or the philosophy that you don't agree with and you argue that point, you argue that, uh, you know, that philosophy's case against somebody else and you learn more about yourself when you do that. It's, it's, yeah. it's actually a very useful exercise instead of just, just banding together and... and and shouting uh, or crying. But uh, I'll tell you, it's very hard to, like, for example, I, I agree with you. We need to have this sort of thing, right? Uh, listening to each other and sharing views. Yeah, that's why we do but, this kind of show. Yeah, but what ends up happening is if you do that in university, like I'm, I'm telling you, if you do this sort of thing in university, there'll be a full-out protest where they will either not let you in, they will, they will write open letters to you uh, on social media, they'll tag you. Uh, they have their methods, they have their tactics to make sure that the voices are not heard. So they'll tag you, they'll write open letters, try to shame you on public, uh, on social media, yeah. they'll, they'll protest against you, and then your know, schools have their own newspapers now, right? There are all these journalists running around in our school, inter-school universities, they'll write about you, they'll smear you, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I don't know how to solve this. It's just yeah, no, I hear you, Farid, and, and, and believe me, there have been people who've, tried to smear me over the years and have uh, written things and said about things about me. I, I don't care. I, I know who I am. I know what I believe in. I know what I try to do. I try to create some dialogue. I take positions. That's my job. And uh, that's just the way it is. And one day, maybe somebody would come and tap me on the shoulder and say, you're out of here. I, I don't know. If that happens, it happens. You know. But uh, until, until then, I'll do what I do. Yeah. And I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Really, yeah, thank you care. for your call, Farid. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye-bye. Really, it's, I, I, you know what it is I worry about? I really do. I worry about, I worry about young people who don't have the careers they want, who find it impossible to, to start their lives the way they want after university. And I hear, I talk to them and I'm concerned about them. I really am. I'm a big fan of young people. I used to be one. I used to be the youngest person in the radio station, always the youngest guy. And the doors were closed in my face because I was the youngest guy. And I'd kick the doors open. I did because I, I wanted something. And I got jobs because I did that. What I worry about, I really worry about young people who will come, who will come to me and say, I have this degree. I, I've done all this work. I, I can't find a job. But standing around together complaining about Donald Trump is not going to create anything for you.